Hello, and welcome to New People, New Ways, a podcast in partnership with Fresh Expressions Florida and Fresh Expressions United Methodist that explores new ways of being church through the stories and insights of practitioners and scholars alike. I'm Piper Ramsey Sumner, layperson and cultivator of Fresh Expressions for the Florida Conference. And I'm Michael Adam Beck, and I just have the joy and privilege to hang out with Piper all the time. Um, but I'm also the director of Fresh Expressions Florida and Fresh Expressions UM. And we want to thank you so much for being with us on the podcast journey. We've actually been at this for a little over a year now. And this is our 22nd episode, y'all. Isn't that exciting? Um, and exciting. so thanks so much for listening and, and to the guests who've joined us so far. It's been a lot of awesome people and there's a lot more to come. Quick little plug for the Fresh Expressions UM National Gathering coming up in Charlotte on February 7th and 9th. Um, if you don't come, you're going to have major FOMO. And we already have several hundred people. I think the main we're probably going to run out of space. So get registered. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. The people that are there are amazing. And uh, it's going to be fun. It's not going to be your, your normal conference. We're going to do Fresh Expressions style conference. So please mm-hmm. don't be there. And today we're joined, what a better way to, to start the new year and kick off our 22nd episode than to be with Chris and J.D. Smith. And Chris and J.D. are a pastoral team serving in uh, Western North Carolina, a conference in Central North Carolina at Jordan Memorial United Methodist and La Luz de Cristo IMU. Uh, and J.D. was born and raised in Puerto Rico, while Chris is a native to North Carolina. And they met in Puerto Rico and began a life together nearly 14 years ago. JD, you've been putting up with Chris that long? Dang. (laughs) And their marriage reflects two cultures coming together in the same way it does in their ministry. Through their fresh expressions and in rural and suburban areas in Western North Carolina, Chris and JD seek ways to bridge culture and language barriers and create spaces for authentic love-based communities. Hi, Michael and Piper and everyone. Thank you so much for the invitation. Yeah. Yes, we're so glad you're here. Thanks for joining us. It is our pleasure. This is just, um, yeah, this is the just the second day of 2024. So I'm grateful that you're spending your time after right after New Year's to hang out with us. Is it a new year now? I didn't know this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that happened. Life goes fast. Yeah. <laughs> So our first question that we ask, um, I guess it'll be a two-parter because we have two guests. Um, we ask who you are. So who is Chris and who is JD? You go first. You want me to go first? <laughs> um, so yes, my name is Chris Smith, a pastor serving in Western North Carolina. As um, Michael said, I've been in ministry for 11 years now. Um, and I've just always been called to a way to see the church in a different way. Um, I grew up in the United Methodist Church. Um, got to see the pains of that and realized that if I wanted to see change, I needed to be a part of a positive impact on that. So went into ordained ministry and uh, thought I was going to set blazes on fire and that didn't quite happen uh, the way. But um, the Holy Spirit has been moving since and especially through fresh expressions. Um, it's really been something that's captivated me and I've seen the spirit moving, uh, not just in our conference, but in United Methodist congregations um, around the country. So. Um, that's who I am. I'm passionate about cross-cultural ministry. Um, 
I love to tell people that I, my skin may be American looking, my heart is Puerto Rican, and my stomach <laughs> is Mexican. Um, but getting to know people, because I think that's how we get to know God. Um, we see the divine in others, and uh, the more we say homogeneous within our own races and cultures, we miss seeing the full image of the kingdom. And so trying to invite people on board to that is what I'm passionate about doing. And I'm J.D. Smith, and I'm so happy to be here. Um, I am a child of God who is passionate about bringing people together and getting to know um, others. Um, I'm serving as a lay pastor at Rehoboth United Methodist Church, not too far from us. Uh, it's been an exciting journey, and I'm also a Fresh Expression leader, and I'm so excited um, to be able to share these with everyone and to have um, a space where everybody belongs and can be seen and loved and heard. It's just a beautiful thing. Yeah. You guys are awesome. So you are a pastoral team and you bring together these unique perspectives and experiences and cultures to your ministry. So in what ways has that benefited you as you serve multi-ethnic communities where culture and language differences can cause some uh, unique obstacles and challenges? So I think for us, it's part of our of our lives. It's part of our family, right? Um, and we have learned to embrace the beauty of diversity, the beauty of uh, different. <laughs> um, and so for us, the way that we we show that in our ministry is what we do every day. Just, I mean, it comes so natural. <laughs> Uh, definitely a lead by example um, yeah, yeah. type thing. And, and, and we had challenges. You know, it was really hard when we first got married and you'd sit at the dinner table and your in-laws would say something, you'd hear your name, and then they'd start laughing, but you didn't know what they were saying about you. Um, and so that, you know, came a reason to, to want to learn more. And uh, our family dynamics have grown through that. Our relationships have been able to grow deeper through that. And so we see that play out in the church. You get multicultures that. Uh, normally don't come together, but once they get to hear the stories, um, hear about what it was like to immigrate to this country, hear what people go through, uh, it really opens doors and forms deeper relationships to where then people become family. And that's kind of our goal is how to recreate a, a larger family unit within the life of the church. And it definitely helped us to have a better understanding. Uh, like what Chris is saying, you know, I heard people mentioning my name and they were laughing and I couldn't fully understand um, it just helped us to pay attention to those things that um, we probably wouldn't have before. Um, and how can we better listen and better care for others? Mm -hmm. mm. That's good. I wonder about my my sister. Um, she Her husband is from El Salvador. And so she gets mm -hmm. that as well when she's hanging out with her in-laws. She's working on her Spanish. She's getting there. But mm -hmm. I always, she kind of has the similar stories where sometimes people are talking and she's like, I don't know what's going on, but everyone's laughing. Should I laugh too? Uh -huh. <laughs> I wonder. So you're in... Don't yes, continue and, to learn Spanish. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, she's already like, she's like, my kids are all going to definitely know Spanish. Like, she's got a plan. <laughs> that She's the planner of the family. Um, oh, that's amazing. But I was going to ask in, um, what is the, what is the 
your like the cultural kind of blending that's happening in Western North Carolina? Is there a lot of a um, there's must be a large Latino population if you're doing these um, cross cultural, this um, Spanish speaking bilingual ministries. Um, so what does it look like there in your part of North Carolina? So uh, definitely we're, we're, we're in um, kind of central rural part of North Carolina. Um, so a lot of farmland, um, several factories. And so there's a um, high population of workers um, that are Hispanic, Latino. And so um, even our community, even though the, the Ramsar community is, is small, um, it's got a 35% makeup of Hispanic, Latino. We have the little Michoacana grocery store that's right at the end of our road. And, you know, you don't have to drive far to see signs that, Said at the end, though, say vende all these things that show you that the culture is definitely influenced mm -hmm. um, here, and so we see that here. And then, of course, if it's in a rural place, you know it's in the bigger city. So uh, Charlotte, that'll be hosting the FX event, and um, Greensboro, two of our bigger cities. There's high populations there, and we've just tried to find ways to to bridge the two. Um, we have a very good work in Hispanic Latino community within our conference um, connection of pastors that work together. Um, and what we find is most times um, there needs to be some kind of an anchor church involved in the process. It doesn't always work if it's the big white church. That's not a good um, fit normally. But you find two churches that can lean on, lean on each other, which is kind of our case in Ramsour. Uh, Jordan's a smaller church. They needed some help. They were struggling. Uh, the loose the same way. And so when they come together and share the building, share resources, um, share what each person can do in their gifts, they become two churches that hold each other up. And so that's kind of the exciting thing we're trying to push for in our conference now is how to create these spaces where churches will, it's not just the big church having the little church that they're taking care of, but how to let two uphold each other uh, and both have an equal seat at the table and what they're doing. It's that with working with yeah. instead of working for. Hmm. I like that. You know what, what I love about y'all is, um, so Frederick Beekner has this quote, the place that God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Mm. And so you have this deep hunger and this intrinsic motivation, and that just flows out naturally through your ministry and how that unfolds. And I think one of the key things about fresh expressions is um, how we're teaching people to find that intrinsic motivation and to, to listen to your the Holy Spirit speaking to your own heart um, and, and let your ministry be a natural, uh, organic kind of outflow of that um, rather than, you know, the church has done a lot of, you know, do this like this or whatever, because this is how we do it or this is what the Bible says. But you found a way in our system to actually really bring your, your full selves and your gifts and your, your passions um, to where there's like deep hunger and, and gaps um, in the communities that you serve. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of the Hispanic Latino community. They're, they're all hungry. It's just a matter of reaching out. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'd say that's one of the, then, you know, Fresh Expressions looks at the nuns and the duns, which is very much a true statement, but we've kind of learned within the Hispanic community, it's not so much nuns and duns, it's lonely and longing. Mm -hmm or the, the two population groups that we find there. And so uh, you find folks that have left everything and come and don't have anybody or the ones that have a longing for spirituality. But um, let's face it, our most of our traditional service or even our contemporary services don't fit those needs, especially multi-generational around language. So 
yeah, trying to find ways to to make it appealing mm-hmm. for everyone so that everybody can find a place that they can feel a part of themselves in it mm-hmm. as they come to it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, do you that's great. Do y'all feel like since since you named that, and you know, I'm thinking of the Surgeon General's report last year about the epidemic of loneliness and isolation, um, and how we're in a culture just of deep loneliness and and inauthentic or shallow community, and and people not necessarily finding like deep or thick or meaningful community in the church. So, do you feel like that's a a universal thing that communicates across cultures and peoples of like people are lonely and isolated and and your ministry is really finding a way to build community in the midst of that. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's a human condition. I think it affects all of us. Um, the pandemic certainly didn't help it at all through the isolation. I think we've struggled coming out of that. I know for us, we can, I can have my folks that'll come to church on Sunday and then we can do just a, going out to a restaurant on a Wednesday night and I'll get better attendance on that. Uh, we'll pack out the van to do that trip because uh, people need that. They want to know that they can gather and they can talk about what, what they're going through. And um, Yeah. I don't, I don't and, think it misses a, a, I think that is cross-cultural. I think that's something we share um, yeah. that bridges gaps and boundaries for sure. Sorry. And one of the things, no, I was just thinking one of the things that uh, I know I've noticed with our community is, we feel lonely, yet we don't talk about it. Uh, we won't admit that we we are lonely. And so once they have that taste, that taste and see, right? That taste of, huh, this is what it feels to be back in a group of people, back in a group where you belong, where you're seen. Uh, once you've tasted that, it's like, huh, I can admit that, yes, I was feeling so lonely. I just didn't want anybody to know. And I will, I will even dare to say it's all the false expectations that sometimes we, we have as a society, um, that everything mm-hmm. is okay. You don't talk about what's going at home. But once you can get to that deeper level of relationship and that tasting and seeing, then you notice that, yes, we, we were all so lonely. We were all needing each other. We were just not, not letting anyone know about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think. Sorry, I'm stuck. I'm getting. I'm stuck here in like a delay, and so I keep cutting people off. So I'm sorry. You go ahead and say what you're going to say, and then I got another question. It's it's the classic problem, you know. You go on a Sunday and you ask people how they're doing, and they all they're all great, and we know that statistically that's not how it works, and because for some reason within at least our culture here, and I think this does cross other cultures. we're, we're afraid to say we're not doing good or need help because we're, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be strong. You're supposed to be able to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And that doesn't work because not everybody has a pair of boots. Mm-hmm. Um, and so trying to enter in a place where you can be humble enough and vulnerable enough um, is key. And I think that's where we struggle is getting to that point to then address the loneliness piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think creating that openness so that, and vulner- so that vulnerability and relationship can really grow. And that's that's like the, a very great kind of like sweet spot where people's spiritual needs get met. I think that vulnerability is a vital aspect of that. People want to just be, oh, we have to be happy all the time because aren't we so like glad in Jesus? And it's like, yeah, but there's also hard times. Jesus even went through hard times. We can talk about that. 
Jesus was lonely. We can talk about our loneliness in a space mm -hmm. by, uh, uh, surrounded by people that care for us. Um, and so that's why I wanted to ask you about how you found fresh expressions because fresh expressions are an avenue where more and more people find themselves drawn to being the place where they can have that kind of spiritual community. So how did you find out about the fresh expressions movement and tell us about what drew you towards it and why you are both committed to exploring these new ways of, of being church together. It all started <laughs> in our previous church. Um, we met this gentleman, Hispanic gentleman, and he was very uh, desperate to find a place to start a soccer team uh, for the Hispanic population because that community was almost all Hispanic. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we, we met, the, met him and created a partnership. And our hope was that we could do a soccer church or uh, some kind of, we didn't know back then, right, the, the term fresh expressions, but we were wanting to create this space where people felt safe and comfortable to come and create community. And after that, uh, we met Luke, Luke Edwards from our conference at the Western North Carolina conference. And he talked to us about what Fresh Expressions was, and uh, we were just so excited. And then we were invited to be a part of the uh, uh, oh Adventures, goodness, Leadership. Yes. <laughs> Adventures Leadership Academy. And that was just like mind blowing. <laughs> yeah, I think that was, you know, getting to go and see the other different churches that we got to go to, all the wonderful stuff in Florida, mm -hmm. you know, that kicked off for us. And then, of course, um, you know, one just going to go to the church with a meeting colleagues, and you know, I've got I've got friends now in Florida and North Georgia and Ohio that uh, you know I can still see what they're doing on Facebook, and then that's that's encouraging for us. We get to see these things that are happening, and um, yeah, it's one of those things. Once the bug bites you, I don't think you can let it go. Um, it's it's who we are. I mean, this is uh, as method as this is what Susanna did with John and Charles when they were little. She ran. A fresh expression out of her dining room. It's what John did as he preached in the fields. I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's getting back to who we are and why I wanted to be a United Methodist pastor. Um, and so to me, this is just really returning to our roots. It's nothing new. It's reclaiming who we are. And it was so exciting to us because it was like uh, just reminding us, you're not crazy for wanting to do something that looks completely different from church. Uh, it, it's reaching out people. It's helping others uh, get to know the love of Christ. So, hey, we learned there's a name. There's there's all these community that can help you and support you in fresh expression. So it's been an, a beautiful journey ever since. And we have we got, since we're on the podcast, we got to give a nod to Luke. His encouragement, <laughs> yeah. not just through that, but even still today, is huge. So having somebody in your corner to be a cheerleader mm -hmm. and champion means means the world in fresh expression. So we're thankful for Luke Edwards in our conference. Yes. Mm -hmm. Amen. If y'all want to know more about Luke Edwards, check out our episode with Luke on New People, New Ways. <laughs> and and uh, thank you all for the um, the plug for Adventures Leadership Academy too, because uh, yeah, yeah, anybody who wants to jump into that, it, it's a it's a great experience. Oh yes. I wanted to come back to what y'all shared. I think it's so important about the, you know, putting on your Sunday best face and um, how are you today? Oh, highly blessed and favored of the Lord. You know, my marriage is falling apart. I hate my job and my kids don't talk to me, but, you know, 
and the superficiality of, of church. But what you talked about, the realness and the depth and the vulnerability of being able to go to a place and say, hey, life kind of sucks right now. You know, I love Jesus, but I have some questions and I'm, you know, got some doubt in my life and all those things. And I was just thinking, and JD, I want to hear next about your fresh expression. But we started this thing called um, Recovery Church in between our two services. So we have a nine o'clock fresh worship, 11 o'clock vintage worship. We started this thing mostly aimed at people in recovery. And some of the people who come to the nine, the normies, we call them, who are not necessarily like in recovery from chemical dependency or those kind of things, but have other things. Um, they're staying after in that time and everybody kind of circles up. And so we have like the normal kind of church. Somebody gets up and talks and there's worship music and all that. But then people stay for this thing after and they share like out of the depths of whatever's going on in their life, mountaintops, valleys and everything in between. And for me, that feels more like church because of the depth of it and, and what people are bringing. But we've seen that thing grow and like normal church folks really get impacted by it because they're like, you know, wow, this really is helpful to be able to come and say these things and not just. So, you know, how fresh expressions create that intimacy and that smallness and that circle of equals where we can just get around and say, hey, you know, this is what's going on in my week. And this is what I'm struggling with. This is the good, the bad and the ugly. But J.D., you you um, planted a fresh expression uh, called Creciendo Juntas. I probably said that incorrectly, but which means growing together. And it's centered around doing arts and crafts while reflecting on scripture and prayer together. Um, what have you seen come as a result of this community? In that? It's, and I feel like it all ties together. Um, you know, when I admitted to myself that I was feeling very lonely and that I needed to stop the whole, oh, yes, everything is perfect. I'm doing great. Thanks to God. And I'm meeting, I'm actually not doing good. I learned that other people felt comfortable letting me know, you know what? I'm actually feeling the same way. I felt very depressed for so long. And even when I knew Jesus, I just, it's not the same anymore. And that helped to pay attention and to listen to what was happening around me. That's how Growing Together started. Uh, just a group of women that felt very lonely. Um, and what has come out of it has been, to me, beautiful. And every time I think about it, it's just, uh, it fills my heart. Uh, because it went from a place of, so Crescendo Juntas is um, where English and Spanish come together. Both languages is bilingual. And so at first, it was that fear of, I don't trust the other group. Um, I, don't, um, I don't feel comfortable opening up and sharing in front of other people that I don't know. And it, it, that's completely understandable. But what has come out of it is a group that is <laughs> like family now, a group where they have learned to regain their trust, where they have learned to, to open up and feel comfortable about opening up about past hurts or the pain that they are going through. Um, and just embracing one another and being able to be one another. It's been that building the gap uh, between the two communities, at least here in our in our community, right, close to us, uh, building that gap and teaching each other that we need each other. We, we actually are stronger when 
when we share together and when we are together. Um, so to me, that has been beautiful to see. Um, am I missing anything else with growing together? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we learned out of that. Um, it was interesting. The women started it. Uh, <laughs> women are the leaders in the church. I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, <laughs> and the men were like, wait a minute. We, we want to do something. That, this seems like fun. Of course, none of us are crafty. And so we started um, Probati Bear, which is Taste and See. Um, and so ladies will get dropped off and we'll get in the car and head to a, uh, it's a little house restaurant. Uh, it's a Mexican family that runs a restaurant out of their dining room. Um, some of the best empanadas. Um, mm. Gosh, some tamales. I can't remember all the things we've had through there, but it's been interesting for me because this is me going in as the outsider. Uh, and one of my favorite titles that I've ever shared in ministry is what I get called when I walk in this house. I'm the gringo pastor. Um, mm. But they've got to see that there's somebody that um, we've been able to build trust. You know, we've been doing this, going there for over a year now. And so then getting to interact with the community folks that just come in and sit because it, it's a dining room. You're all sitting at one table. It's not like a restaurant that you're kind of having your own personal conversation. You're, you're thrown in the mix with everybody that whoever shows up that morning. Which um, isn't that beautiful? <laughs> isn't it biblical? <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I think getting just to, to build trust and for me to be able to listen to stories um, for folks to know that you care. And so that's, that's still in its infant stages. And that's what I'm hoping to get more of our American folks to get involved and to be able to learn. Cause to me, I think that's the stories are the difference makers. Um, that's where you can start to really see things become authentic and not that superficial that you were talking about that we get so much on Sundays. And tagging mm -hmm. along to that, I just wanted to add that for, for, for us, it was important that for a, fresh expression like these to work in this context here, um, we needed to start with the church because we needed some strong leaders that could understand the dynamics between Hispanic, English and, and Spanish and Hispanics and American, Caucasian. And so it was important for us to, to start with our churches. How does this look like? How can we interact with one another? How, how do we actually interact with one another? And how do we actually pay attention? How do we listen? How do we care? How do we embrace one another? And so it started within the church. So now we are strong enough to invite the community and let them know it is safe. If you know, we've we've done it, we we are stronger because of this. And so it is leading by example, not having people come in and we are not even talking to one another because we don't care about the other language or we don't we are not trusting one another. I hope all of that is making sense. <laughs> it is making sense. And I have a follow-up on that. And you two are contributing authors to a new book and Piper as well, um, uh, called Fresh Expressions UM, a spirit-led movement of, of new Christian communities that serve the present age. Really long subtitle. Um, but uh, I don't know if it'll all fit on the cover. It feels like we wrote that book so long ago. Like, come on, get out there. Um, but but mm -hmm. it's it's coming, y'all. Uh, watch for it. But um, and so you shared some of the stories around that, some of the things. And JD, you also contributed a story around your fresh expression to Justice Together, which is a book coming out with Abingdon. And you talked a little bit about um, the healing of racialization that you just described. Um, you know, Gringo Pastor and 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 the stereotypes and, and, and how 
in these small intimate communities uh, where we really can know each other and and learn each other's stories and names it starts to heal some of the 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 racism that we all bring the the that we've been you know we swim in a in a fishbowl of racism, the structures of society are built around this kind of racial hierarchy pyramid. Mm-hmm. But you're seeing that kind of be healed in, in true community that's like boundary healing kind of community. So would you talk a little bit about how you see that? And then if you could also talk mm-hmm. about Expressione Stay More and this kind of movement that you're launching in your conference and what what that looks like. Sure. So in Creciendo Juntas and Growing Together, um, the way that I've seen that that healing happening uh, has been with, and it may sound like silly or simple, but providing that space um, for us to get to know one another, to to be able to to be vulnerable um, once you feel comfortable. But like I, I was thinking about when one of our ladies shared the reason why she came to the United States. Uh, the why and the how, oh my goodness, that was <laughs> so, so powerful because we like to assume, we know, and we like to assume the reasons as to why, but when you hear it in a personal level from someone that you have met and that you have been uh, sharing and experiencing life with for several months, and when you hear that story, it's just, it changes everything. Um, I'm a strong believer of the power of sharing your story uh, because I've seen it happening and I continue to experience that with others. And so to be able to see that um, something else like uh, Hispanics, we we tend to be hoggers. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's because of that need of, of belonging and acceptance, but we tend to be hoggers. And to be able to see now when everybody gets together, when that group gets together, all of them like, hey, you forgot to give me a hug today. And just running to one another and just hugging. Hugs are healing in itself. <laughs> and so to be able to see all of that play out, um, the way that we are carefully listening to one another, the way that we we truly care, um, all of that has brought healing. And even in the ways that we are creating art, <laughs> um, it may sound simple, but I remember, you know, one of the, the lessons we had was how do we take our broken pieces to create something beautiful and how that just sparked the conversation and how that uh, not only sparked the conversation, but also reminded everybody that even when we are all broken in some kind of way, God is still creating something beautiful within us and not only within us personally, but with us as a group, as a whole. And so all of that has been beautiful and powerful to witness. Nice. Uh, and then expressiones de amor, so expressions mm-hmm. of love. Yeah. Um, but we're kind of titling fresh expressions. Um, uh, as we, we know, you know, when you translate things from one language to another, things don't always translate the same. And so when you do fresh expressions, uh, you kind of get a negative connotation a little bit <laughs> in that. And so... We do these expressions of, of love. And for us in our conference, it's just how do we how do we let our churches understand what does this look like? Um, cultural um, things don't always translate. So, you know, it might be really simple to um, take one of our books that, you know, either Bishop Carter did or Luke did and just translate it. 
um, the stories don't always carry over the exact same because they're different cultural contexts. So trying to be able to speak to the context of who we're, we're looking at there. Um, you know, I think a prime example, I mean, we have a lot of um, hymns and hops or brute theology, a lot of those things. Uh, but within the Hispanic culture, there's a high problem with alcoholism. So it's probably not the best fresh expression example to use within mm -hmm. those communities. Um, nothing wrong with those things by any means, but just, again, knowing it's part of that listening piece, uh, listening to, to your um, context there. And so, and then of course, the importance of language. Um, one of our problems I think that we've always had is that we kind of lump, we say, oh, you speak Spanish. So we lump you together. And, you mm -hmm. know, a big difference between South American culture and Central American, Caribbean and um, but yet, for some reason, we just think we're going to create this over here and it's going to thrive and do its thing and we don't have to do anything to it. Um, but you have multi-generations, you have um, grandchildren that don't speak as much Spanish, the grandparents that only speak Spanish. And so we're just we're segregating the church, something we've been really good at doing for 2000 years, it seems like. And so part of Expresión de Amor is how do we create spaces that, yes, they're going to be messy, they're going to be longer um, it's going to be confusing because you're hearing two things, but at first, it's, at first <laughs> um, but it's also something beautiful and allows everybody to be able to be heard and understand what's going on within the context. So, And something I forgot to add with growing together and even with our bilingual service, it's how beautiful it's been to hear people say, you know what, I'm actually learning some Spanish or I'm actually learning English now. And to hear them try to speak in each other's language, it is so beautiful. Um, I can say this for myself as, as a Hispanic. I love when people try to at least say something in my own language because it means that it shows me that you care, that, that you are willing to try even when it's difficult, that you're willing to try even when it may seem uncomfortable. And that means the whole world because it's been uncomfortable for us as well but we have to push ourselves to do it. Yeah. <clears throat> Chris and JD, it might be a little bit helpful. Um, you, you started to, you know, kind of define why the language of fresh expression, some of the core ideas um, really need some rethinking, translating. What, what are some more of those things that um, are different and, and why do we need expressiones de more to be its own distinct thing? you know, help us understand what are, what are more of the parts that are problematic with fresh expressions and, and, and then what are the universal things that are really good that maybe communicate between the two? You want to start on differences? Or? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so definitely one, you know, when, when you go through the circles, we kind of, you know, we, we go to that listening stage, the forming community and kind of the church taking shape is that last piece. Hmm. Um, but so many folks that, that we encounter, they have that longing for spirituality. Um, and so not really waiting for that to be one of the later circles that becomes something that can become um, an earlier piece for sure. And they, it's interesting because they, they let you know. Uh, like even when I meet Hispanic families in our community, uh, for some reason, they after we establish a conversation, uh, they'll let you know. Um, do you happen to know of a, of a church that, you know, I could understand that I could go to? Or could you please pray for me? So spirituality is very important for Hispanic, uh, in the Hispanic community. And it's a part that, like Chris was saying, you know, you don't have to wait the whole journey. 
It's something that may come a lot sooner than you're expecting it. Yeah, so I, I think I've heard y'all say before, like um, the 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 reverence for the existing church too, maybe a little bit more stronger as well. Like I hear in in predominantly among um, you know Euro tribal peoples, the language of hurt church hurt and church harm, and kind of a, but it sounds like the community itself and a reverence for traditional church. For example, you know, I was told probably don't use the uh, tattoo parlor church example in in this gathering, right? Because there there's some translation issues there. But a food fresh expression, meal based fresh expressions, where we're getting together around tables, you know, that kind of translates across lots of different cultures. So family unity, uh, <laughs> food, music, all of that is so important to the Hispanic community. Uh, and it brings people together. Um, but another thing I was thinking about expresiones de amor is when we are talking about it in Spanish, um, it's ways of showing our love to others. It's way of letting others know that we care as well. And for the Hispanic community, that is so important for them to know that, that we care, that they are seen. And so expresiones de amor is already letting them know, um, I want to express my love to you. I want to show you that I, I do love and, do, and I do care. I would say, you know, you're talking about things that carry over, um, that forming relationship piece is so vital. Um, sometimes I think we assume that because we're the church or because we're a pastor, that there should be automatic trust. Um, but that's not the case. Um, and for many of our friends, um, they've mm -hmm. experienced such a lack of trust from folks that it takes a while to build that up. And so, yeah, what can you do to form relationships? And, you know, we get the greatest example, Jesus ate with people way more than he ever preached or did anything mm -hmm. else. And so those table moments um, truly become another one. And then the, I think the other important piece that cannot be overstated is the listening. Um, listen, listen, listen. Um, don't listen to respond, listen to hear the stories. And, um, you know, for us within our context, you know, again, we're, uh, we're in a very conservative area, <laughs> a very red county in our area. Um, but through storytelling, I've heard people, they haven't maybe changed their political views entirely, but they said they have to look at immigration differently because they can't, it's no longer an issue. They see the person in front of them. Um, mm -hmm. And so that those are part of those difference makers. And again, expressions of of love, those, you know, one by one encounters just said how Jesus did ministry um, and trying to just keep repeating and uh, the, the rinse, wash, repeat cycle <laughs> type. You know, we see what Jesus does. We, we replicate it and then that will repeat it and go on. Yeah. I'm reminded of... Um... Michael, a lot of your work recently, you've been centering around the Passio Day, the passion of Christ and how um, mission is really just kind of, um, it's just an offshoot of the actual work of the compassion of embodying God's love into the world. Um, mm. And so I'd love to hear, and just to knowing that just in the, the simplicity of creating spaces where these cross-cultural relationships happen, there can also be some justice work that can happen there as well, because there are people who might be 
movers and shakers in your community who might have been less sympathetic to immigrants that are changing their minds. And I think that's such a beautiful thing. And to know that, um, yeah, just the simplicity of, of loving another person and seeing them for a person, seeing them as a child of God, as somebody who's maybe more like more similar to you than you'd think, despite those differences yeah. is um, it's just such a beautiful thing. And I think it's something I would love to see a lot more of. And um, I'm excited about the future here in Florida and you two, I know are going to be helping us out with doing some things in Florida. Cause I heard statistic that I heard recently is like 27% of Florida is Latino Hispanic. And so um, that's a big part of our state. That's almost one third. And so that to me shows this is something that is, this is a population of people that are val valuable in, as in we should spend our time caring for people that are um, Spanish speaking or that come from Spanish speaking cultures. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm excited about it. And I'm so glad that the way that you're going about it just really works with me. And I'm um, it's a it's a very cool thing to get to see happening there in North Carolina. And I'm excited for more of that to come our way here in Florida. <laughs> yeah. You're excited too. It's beautiful to see how other cultures continue to to add uh, to the body of Christ. Yeah. That's what it should be, right? Mm -hmm. yes. You were talking about the justice things, and that's something we just, at Christmas we had, we came together with um, several African-American churches, our Hispanic church, and white churches for the Nehemiah Project, and the idea of Nehemiah that each group built a different section of the wall. One group couldn't build the whole wall, but when they came together, they were able to, to reconstruct, and so we did a food ministry for Christmas um, and gave out 300 boxes, but you know the food wasn't the big thing. It was the fact that you had churches coming together and people got to actually see what the kingdom looked like as opposed mm -hmm. to just, you know, churches that are normally competing or fighting against each other and um, folks that would even come. And after they got their box, they'd get out and come volunteer because they just wanted to see. And so we had music and hot chocolate and it became more about connection making than, you know, the food box was important, but there was something, there was a spirituality being fed that was even greater. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. So for our listeners who are like, I think I want to explore fresh expression. I want to get started. Um, what what would you say are some pointers that you have for them? Um, any kind of advice in uh, how do you start and sustain a fresh expression? I would first say, don't be afraid. <laughs> uh, don't be afraid to try something new. Don't be afraid of... Um, Maybe the, the few no's you may hear at first, um, just get out there and, and something important, at least for me, it was knowing that it is okay if things don't go as you hope for, uh, because we still learn and we still can, um, what's the word I was looking for? Uh, you can still not reinvent, but uh, adapt. adapt. You can still adapt from your past experiences. Um. Yes. <laughs> um, don't do it alone. Yes. Um, there's no solo heroes in ministry. Um, mm -hmm. Find who's going to be there with you. Um, if you try to burden it all on yourself, it'll it'll overwhelm you for sure. Uh, and don't get caught up in it's not about numbers. That's the beautiful part about fresh expressions. 
Um, you know, so much of our church planting is geared around, you know, you're going to be at such and such by this point and such and such, you know, going down the line. But with fresh expressions, I mean, you're just, you're sitting back and let the Holy Spirit do the work. Um, and as long as you're creating authentic spaces, uh, the people are welcomed and loved. The Spirit is going to be at work. There's mm -hmm. no way to avoid that. Um, and so I think sometimes we try to force the Spirit instead of following the Spirit. And so um, may that be my second point is know where you are in the chain of command there <laughs> um, and get in behind where the Spirit is leading you and, and trust um, that it might be messy. It might be different or challenging. Um, and then again, I, I think I've said it, but I can't say it enough, just the listening piece. Um, don't assume you have the answers. Uh, go into a situation, uh, be a learner, be willing to learn from those um, that are there because there's um, street, the street smarts, I think, speak a whole lot more than any MDiv ever can. So I'd be mm -hmm. willing to listen to what's going on there. And just to resume some of what Chris said, uh, don't lead the spirit, be led by the spirit. Come on. That's a tweet right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So one of the questions that we like to ask um, when, as we're getting closer to the end is, uh, what does the future of the church look like to you? And what is your hope? For me, the future of the church looks like, and what I'm hoping also, uh, it's a church that it's <laughs> where everybody, no matter race, culture, language, background, uh, everybody is there together, that we can all get to experience God together. That's mm -hmm. the kingdom here on earth. It's the Revelation 21. Uh, every every tongue, every language, every every knee will bow and profess. And and I think it's I think it's going to be interesting because it's it'll definitely look different. I think there will still be inherent churches. Uh, that are thriving and doing great. But yes, I think church will be in tattoo parlors and bars and parks and bakeries. Um, and I think it's going to be this beautiful mix to where I think people, you know, used to be, you could, you could tell where the church was because it was isolated in one corner or on a couple of sides of the street. I think the church will get to the point where you don't know where it is because it's popping up everywhere. And that gives me hope because um, that's how it started. And um, I believe that uh, God ordained the church to be his way of doing things. And I don't think that's going to change how it looks will change, uh, but the church will still be the church. Uh, we just got to hold on and keep up to where God's moving it to. And I would even dare say you would know where the church is because you can see it everywhere out there, yeah. not inside the building. Mm -hmm. You can see it in unexpected places. Mm -hmm. Love that. This is great. Michael, do you have any any of the closing questions? Um, <clears throat> no, just uh, where can listeners connect with you guys? Where can they find you online? How can they follow what you're doing? Um, I'm I'm a big Instagram <laughs> person, although I've taken a few a, a break from social media, but um, Instagram JD at JDPR, um, Facebook. It's just my name, J.D. Mar, Alicea Smith. And now just that's so my, my Instagram game is so weak. It's so weak. My kids tell me 
Dad, you're just old. Just stay on Facebook. Don't try to get it. <laughs> Chris, go ahead. And I'll just the La Luz de Cristo is the, the church's Facebook page. Um, and just if you just want to see an example of what bilingual worship can look like uh, and how that can be, we'll just invite you. Um, mm -hmm. All of our stuff is there, um, previous services and other events we do. So I'll give you a chance to kind of see how that works, how the language can work um, and be productive. Like I said, we've got, it's mostly Hispanics, but we've got several folks that are in their 80s and they love it. Um, so it's not an age thing that, you know, mm -hmm keeps you from being able to do it. It's just, it's our own limitations that keep us from being able to go into those spaces and enjoy those moments. So. Yeah, and That's I'm great. really grateful, you know, as Piper said, y'all are going to be bringing Expresiones de Amor to Florida and any of our listeners, you know, down in these parts that are like, yes, I need to, you know, understand this and be involved that you'll be offering a training stream on, on that. So we're really thankful for y'all. Bringing, bringing some of the amazing stuff that God is doing through you in Western North Carolina and bringing that down to Florida. Mm -hmm. And y'all got so many good spaces. When we were down back in, in October, we spent some time in Kissimmee. And I mean, that's a little Puerto Rico. Like, it was great. We felt like we were at home. Yeah. Um, so oh, there's great awesome. little pockets there to get to, um, that folks can have for sure. Yes. And we're grateful for the connection. <laughs> Amen. Yay. Mm -hmm. Good stuff. Um, any closing thoughts, closing feelings, the last little bit that you didn't get to say? <laughs> I would just ah. repeat it again. Just be led by the spirit. Don't don't lead the spirit. I think that um, changes everything. And it, the spirit does powerful things. So mm -hmm. don't be afraid of the awesome. Holy Spirit. Be authentic in your love. I think the challenge that the church faces is the hypocrisy label that we carry. So um, authenticity and mm -hmm. what we do makes a difference. People can see it. Um, and so if you're mm -hmm. authentic, it'll be the difference. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. This was a great conversation. Yes. Thanks thank for having you so us. much for having us. Yeah. And to those listening, thanks for joining in on this episode of New People, New Ways. If you enjoyed this conversation that we had with JD and Chris, please share it with a friend. And to connect with us and to learn more about Fresh Expressions, you can check out freshexpressionsfl.org and find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. See you next time on New People, New Ways.